besides that, do you have any questions for me? Um, do you even know who I am? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> that is Tom Gathman, a.k.a. Jabba, a.k.a. The Real Hiking Viking. Welcome to Mountain Meister, the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. I'm your host, Ben Shank. Our guest today is currently on a southbound winter through-hike of the Appalachian Trail. Tom and I found some time to sit down today and talk about the experience thus far. <laughs> I've been researching you for the past three hours. Okay, cool. What'd yeah. you turn up? <laughs> what? Not, well, the GQ article, definitely. Oh, boy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Which I, I actually do want to talk about that a little bit. All right. Well, that's cool, I guess. That's, well, some, that's some interesting clickbait Um Right? Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Uh, that was like, I mean, we can wait let's, or I can just let's hit just, it right now. Let's just start right now. I might even add this into the interview. Sure, man. Well, so <laughs> so a buddy of mine who is just starting is like, he's just getting in like freelance photography on a professional level. I had just got back from Colorado after, you know, 35, 3,700 miles of hiking uh, on the year last year, uh, at least by October anyways. And he's like, dude, I got this uh, idea. I want to pitch to GQ. I've been working with them. Um, I think it'd be great. And I was like, yeah, why not? Like, who cares? I don't really know that they're my, quite my, or I'm their demographic or vice versa, but that can't hurt, can it? <laughs> so uh, so it, it kind of worked out that he had been working with a writer that also was in his area uh, in State College, Pennsylvania. Um, and I was able to do a little photo shoot with him in, in Roth Rock State Park, um, which is outside of State College, Pennsylvania. And she lived in State College as well. And then I was able to do the interview with her. And she and I uh, like hit it off great. Like the, the interview was awesome. We had a good three hours of, of uh, conversation. She wrote a nice article and I read it before she submitted it. And then the editor just chopped it up. Oh my god! You know? yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's not very long. Oh no, it's nothing. And and when it when it hit, like the article, the headline said, "Find out why this professional hiker wants you to quit your jobs." And I was like, "I never said that." It's even worse than that. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, this god. real life professional hiker oh, says we should all quit our jobs, and this is a huge problem in the media. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this huge. clickbait. Like, huge and i was just like well that sucks you yeah. know like like that does not encompass at all what i'm trying to do and it does not encompass all at all what i'm trying to do in terms of inspiring people um it, it you know that i was disappointed i guess i shouldn't say shocked but i guess i was disappointed um you know it was what it was i i should have you know i'm pretty new uh, to all of this and i'm, yeah. I'm a gumshoe in terms of how long I've been doing this, I've managed to squeeze and slam a ton of hiking into, you know, not even three years yet. Mar March of right. 2013, it'll be, it'll hit the three year mark that I've been doing this. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly, I guess, amateur when it comes to many things, but you but know. How is, how is this even allowed? It's, I guess it's not slander, but it seems close, doesn't it's, it? It's definitely taking anything I said completely out of context and putting words right into my mouth. Right. You know? Right. So uh, I don't know if that, you know, if I really, really cared, if it was, if I had like millions of dollars on the line, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I had an attorney that could be like, oh, all right, we're going after this, but I don't care, man. Yeah. My life is so simple that, that like, that's just me. That's, uh, 
Yeah. It's trivial. It's, it's nothing, you yeah. know, people that really follow me know what's going on and, 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 you know, I, I think it all comes out w- with what I, you know, put out there. Absolutely. And I've enjoyed following it. At the real hiking Viking is your Instagram handle. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's just, where, where are you right now as we speak? You're on a southbound. I guess I, I normally provide some sort of introduction before the show. I guess I'll sure. say your nickname sure. is the real hiking Viking. Your name is Tom Gathman. That's actually not true. My name is Tom Gathman. My nickname, my trail name is actually Jabba as in the hut, as in two B's and the second one is silent. But, uh, so, so after I hiked the AT in 2013 northbound, I decided, you know, this is it. This is like, this is a passion. I want to do this. I want to figure it out. I want to, I want to, I want to share, I shared my hike with, you know, my friends and family on my personal Facebook page and halfway through my hike, I, I actually knew that I wanted to continue doing this. And I actually took a, a week off in Pennsylvania and went back to my house in State College, Pennsylvania, and p- took everything I owned, gave a, most of it away, put the rest in storage. And I have I essentially not even looked in that storage unit ever since that day, with the exception with one or two exceptions of trying to find like a very important legal document. <laughs> but uh um, um, so yeah, I, I mean, so after that, I, I was sitting at my sister's house visiting with her and her, her kids and husband, um, and which is outside of Philadelphia. And she was like, Tom, like, you know, what you're doing is obviously inspiring your friends and family and people loved following it. She's like, you gotta have a blog. And I was like, eh, I don't know if that's something I'm really interested in. She's like, yeah, but what if you could like get sponsors and like figure out how to make a living off of this? And I was like, well, now you're kind of speaking my language like i would love to you know figure that out i guess that makes sense and and i hadn't been on real instagram and i hadn't had a like a page on facebook or or a, or a blog or anything so she's like she's like well what are you going to call it and I, and i had been growing this majestic beard since day 1 on the at i essentially started the at with no hair you know barely a 5 o'clock shadow and and I had been, you know, I was in the Marine Corps before, so I was usually, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. spick and span, you know, <laughs> fresh, fresh haircut, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was, I had this nice beard going and I was, and, I, and in the Marine Corps, you know, we call ourselves warriors. Um, in the army, they call themselves soldiers. We, you know, a lot of people don't, don't realize that we're not soldiers. We are, we're warriors and then we have a warrior ethos. And while I've never actually checked to see if I have any true Viking blood in my body. Um, you know, part of my family comes from Ireland and there, there's a lot of, um, I- Irish, uh, people that have descendants from Viking, Viking, uh, blood. So there's, there's a chance. I just, I have no claim, valid claim that yes, I do. But, but so the beard, the warrior mentality in the Marine Corps, I, I, I sat there for about five minutes thinking about, a thinking about a blog name and I was like, there the, it is. the hiking Viking, and pretty much that was that. So, are, you, are you have you become knowledgeable about Vikings since you gave yourself that nickname or that that blog name? You know, I've been too busy hiking <laughs> to do any <laughs> well, research here, on it. Here you go. Did you know that according to History.com, 
Vikings never wore horned helmets. Yeah, I did know that. You did know that. I, <laughs> I do know that. I am very aware of that. But I it didn't. Is, it is pretty badass. <laughs> right. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a, it's an intimidating look. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and pretend that for the sake of my little tiny icon on Instagram, that it's pretty cool. <laughs> I was wondering how much of your success. I mean, it seems like you've been successful at picking up sponsors and and being written about at least in that GQ article. Gosh. Um but how <laughs> how much of your success is due to you having this incredible beard? <laughs> um I think the beard coupled with the the blog name which I, to me I I didn't know what was going to come of all of it, you know, I just I I think that it's a trifecta, the beard, mm-hmm. the blog name and then I, I know that I've got a pretty. You have uh, a very authentic personality. <laughs> I, I'm aware of of some authenticity that happens within the you know just the, the person I am. Um, so I think the the combination of three of those things uh, definitely helps um, propel it into uh, at least it, it's helpful. It helps quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> um, so I guess let's let's learn a little bit more. You were talking about your um, your service in the Marines. Mm-hmm. I just want to learn a little bit more about who you were before the hiking Viking. Uh, so sure. what exactly did you do in the Marines? Uh, my first, uh, I did four years of active duty between 2006 and 2010. Um, dis- or I almost said dishonorable, honorable discharge. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I, my first two years in service, uh, I did a tour in Iraq um, with a, an infantry company um, in a, in a fire team unit. Um, and my second tour, I operated in a scout sniper team, a four man element within a, uh, larger, uh, platoon. And, and how was that? How did you enjoy it? How do you reflect on it? I had very positive experiences, uh, both tours and throughout my four years in, in service. And I had joined, I actually joined at age 23, um, enlisted, uh, with the idea that I was going to do a full 20 years. I was kind of um, immature and had a lot of misplaced energy uh, prior to the service uh, with uh, an attempt at, at college that floundered in, uh, oh, I don't know, I just, I, I was never meant to be a student. I don't know. It just, it just never, it was never a passion of mine and I just didn't give it the time of day, at least my first time through. Um and, uh, but yeah, I had a great, a great experience, forged a lot of really, really awesome bonds with a lot of great guys. Um, obviously came back with all my fingers and toes, uh, after seeing a little bit of combat and, and yeah, but it was, du- it was during my second tour that I realized I, th- you know, that, that my four years was coming up and I was either, I was set to either reenlist or get out. And I realized that I had more to do, um, in this life that that's that was outside of the military mm-hmm. and i didn't know what that was but i i knew there were opportunities and possibilities that i needed to seek out and find out um for myself and, and how did you transition from this from military service to through hiker so uh there was actually a period um a two and a oh, let's see here i got out in january of 2010 and i immediately within like I don't know, 10 days or something like that. I was in class at Bucknell university. I wow. figured, Hey, I had to, um, utilize my GI bill and, and, you know, free, free 
tuition, you know, being that I was a little bit older now and I had a little bit more mm-hmm. perspective and I, I, th- I thought, hey, maybe I should give college another try. Maybe, you know, get, getting a free degree is, is definitely worth it. And I, I at least, you know, went back and started uh, attending classes there, uh, to working towards a business administration or business management major. Mm-hmm. And um, just it was just a well-rounded degree, in my opinion. And, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I still had no, what I, no idea what I wanted to do. But um, I was also working part-time at a titanium um, manufacturer called Vargo Titanium. Um, and they make alcohol stoves, um, tent stakes, uh, campware, you know, pots, pans, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was basically my, you know, foot in the door for like this whole life. Uh, he, the owner, Brian Vargo, the one year May of 2012 was like, Hey, I need, I need you to come on down to trail days on the Appalachian trail to set up a vendor booth with me. And we sell gear at this, you know, hiker festival. And I was like, okay, that sounds awesome. Let's do you do that. know anything about hiking at this point? I mean, beyond doing a couple of overnighters here and there when I was growing up, you know, uh-huh. being in the Boy Scouts a little bit, it, I had never been, never to that magnitude, not even close. Did you know what a through hiker was? Nope. Okay. <laughs> no idea. Uh-huh. And I got there and our vendor booth was directly on the Appalachian Trail in Damascus, Virginia. And it was just like, you know, I started interacting with these through hikers and it started clicking that these guys were actually walking from Georgia to Maine. And I was like, that is awesome. Like, how cool is that? Do you you remember one of the characters that you met? Does anybody stick out in your mind? I don't, I I have a picture of the dude in my head, but I can't, I don't remember his name. And and I, you know, I just remember being like, you know, this guy smells like crap, but, uh, (laughs) but I still envied him, you know? He looked, he looked like he had been living in dirt, you know? And uh, there was something about that that was awesome. Everything he needed was on his back, uh, completely self-sufficient. Huh. And what a simple and amazing way to live, yet, you know, challenging and, uh, I don't know. There's, there's something really, to me, it just spoke to me right away. And that drive, that Sunday after a weekend being there, that Sunday drive back to Pennsylvania, I called my dad up um, and I was like, Dad, I think I'm going to withdraw from Bucknell and get ready for the Appalachian Trail in 2013, which was less than 12 months away. I mean, yeah. we're talking March of 2013, and you know, I was on the trail. It sounds like you make decisions very quickly. At least, uh, I mean, you you said you enrolled sure. in Bucknell yeah. what, nine days after. Oh, I, I, I had been setting that up, you know, kind okay. of in the, fall, in the fall before. But yeah, yeah, abs- I mean, yeah. You transitioned I, very quickly. Do you think that contributes to your success on the trail? think it does i just had a conversation the other day with somebody about this they were just like they were just like hey doesn't doesn't through hiking kind of break your heart you know like when you're done you like it you're you're the the journey is over and i'm like well first of all the journey is never over for me like i've i have figured a way to do this kind of non-stop with short little lulls in between these adventures um but i was like no i i was like i'm i think i was like I was given, I was innately given this gift of transitioning well and adapting well and just moving on to the next thing, kind of living that linear experience where I don't look back too much, you know? Mm-hmm. I just kind of keep going. Any strategies know. on how to do that? No, it just no. happens. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I don't think you can be, I, there, might, there might be strategies that somebody else have, has figured out that 
they could, you know, give you a couple of bullet points on it. But it just happens so naturally for me that I don't even think about it. Uh-huh. You know, what doesn't happen naturally for you? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I don't know, man. There's pains that come along with hiking that that overcoming those pains. It, while I can do it, it doesn't it doesn't feel good while it's happening. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like physical pains, like feet okay. pain, knee pain. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's you, that's that's all like mental. You know, and and I I think that a lot that I've gone through in the Marine Corps has really helped, mm. given me the the tools to 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 battle and overcome, you know, challenging things like pain, um, and just sucking it up. You know, we just call it sucking it up. And for lack of a better word, you know, like, don't be a pussy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, that's how you get through the Marine Corps infantry. That's how you get through the, the worst conditions in Iraq or a deployment is just sucking it up and not, cause there's nothing else you can do about it. There's no getting out of it. There's no calling in sick that day. You know, you just got to do it. And that that's, I think that has really helped kind of, you know, propel me to what some people would say is crazy or some people would say is foolish or stupid or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, so some, yeah, I mean, a lot of people probably do say that. What And you just said it's painful. What do you, what do you like about this life? Um, I like that it's, it's my own, that it's, for, I don't want to sound selfish or, or I, but it's mine. It's, I, you know, we all have our own life and like to be able to dictate your own life unequivocally, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to just call the shots every day. That's what, what else would you hope for out of your life is to be able to call it your own. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, you know, I have, you know, weather can be a right, var- right. variable, but the, even then, like, you know, that, that weather doesn't have to stop me. It, it's just a decision that I make based on that. You know, I can, you know, the day that I hiked over Musalak, or it's pronounced Musalaki, I, you know, Mount Musalak, which is the last mountain in uh, the White Mountains before I, uh, you know, successfully got through those, um, the, the, I was going to hike out uh, the one day and then I looked at the weather and it said, you know, like 50 to 60 mile per hour winds, negative 44 at the summit. And and then it showed the next day being clear and like only negative 24 with like 30 to 40 mile per hour (laughs) winds. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to obviously, you know, be smart here. And and I've come through the entire White Mountains uh, with this one last obstacle. I'm going to wait a day. Mm -hmm. And then... And then when what the morning came, the next morning came, and the conditions had had not changed at all. They had, in fact, they might have been even worse when I got to the top there. It was it was at least negative forty. I, you know, and at least fifty mile power winds. And I, for the first time on the whole hike, I actually had pull pull the goggles on and full on mask, everything, no skin exposed, like. I could, it, it was difficult to walk up there just because of the wind and I could have turned around because of the weather. I could have said no, but, um, you know, I made the decision to push forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just because, you know, there is a variable, doesn't necessarily always mean that I have to adhere to, I don't know, the variables that lie before me. 
You're listening to Mountain Meister. That's our guest, Tom Gathman, who is currently southbound on a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. Stay tuned for more details on how his hike has gone thus far. But first, Meister fan Joe would like to wish best of luck to Brianna Coco. She's going to be braving the waters of Lake Michigan in her first ever triathlon this summer. Best of luck, Brianna, and get after it with training. If you'd like to wish luck or congratulate one of your friends on Mountain Meister, you can do so. Go to mtnmeister.com slash support. Purchase the shout-out package. It's 25 bucks. Where, where are you right now as we speak? I uh, made it to uh, Sherburn Pass. Uh, for those people that are listening that uh, have hiked the AT before or know the area, that would be the inn at Long Trail, uh, just just right there at the base of Killington, basically. Uh, well, technically Pico's Peak, but I'm in Rutland right now after mm-hmm. getting a ride down into town to resupply and <laughs> drink a Guinness. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that Guinness goes along. I, I saw a picture of a 16-ounce Snickers bar. Yeah, I ate that. I ate the whole thing pretty much in like 24, well, a little over 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's technically, I have it here, I think it's technically... It might be like nine or twelve servings. I forget. Yeah, so I looked it up. Twenty two hundred calories. Oh yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, right. How <laughs> did it, did it taste as good at the end as it did at the beginning? I loved every bite of it. Okay, every single one. <laughs> what has been your best meal so far? That's tough. I've gotten a lot of awesome trail magic on this hike, man. Um, the I had that thirty eight ounce burger that that defeated me <laughs> about eight ounces shy of victory. Um, now I won't say that was the best meal cause that hurt. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, I, I can't pick a favorite. I just, I've been taken care of so well on this. Like I'm essentially the only game in town for any trail angel. Wow. You know? Good point. Yeah. You know, so they, they have reached out and, and, and it's tough to, it's tough to say no to somebody who wants to feed you when I'll, I don't really get a chance to eat too much during the day when I'm hiking. Cause it's typically so cold that I just, don't stop walking uh-huh. because whoops, I, I barely snack during the day. It's it's not even it's not even a good situation. It kind of sucks. I would rather eat my face off, but um, you know. Uh, so when somebody says, "Hey, I'd love to feed you," when you get to such and such rock road crossing, I'm all about it. <laughs> aren't, aren't you sick of being cold? No, no, mm-hmm. I have not. There hasn't been a single moment on this hike where I have felt fed up with anything. Really? Um, not not one minute. I, I, it's sometimes that, that feeling that maybe some people would be like fed up with of feeling cold. It, it's almost ex, it's exhilarating and it like it's, it almost fil- fills my energy tank to just when I overcome that, you know? Mm, yeah, right. Like when I came down off of Musilak and, and I came out of the clouds and down into the valley, the sun popped out and it was just like – I was so elated that I had a just come through Maine and New Hampshire's White Mountains, and I'd done it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> the rest of the hike is a cakewalk. You know, <laughs> I'm, I mean, it was it was like single t- single digits and teens walking out of there, and it felt warm. Yeah. You know, uh, so no, I'm not sick of the cold. I, the cold doesn't feel cold anymore. It just feels like a normal day. Right. A remarkable ability to adapt. 
There you That's go. That's interesting. So on that note, though, uh, I've heard, I think you said before that you like it's a little bit more of a simpler life. Is that an okay way to put it? Sure. It um, has its own complexities, of course. But yeah, in all in all, it's fairly simple. So I wonder if because you have this remarkable ability to adapt, or all humans do, if things that used to be or, or are simple start to become complex. So something, say, for example, staying dry, warm, um, getting enough calories, those things eventually become more complex. Sure. And we almost have this, you're back to where you started. So, I mean, those are definitely obstacles and... I mean, staying dry is act for me. It's actually impossible. Hmm. I I can't. <laughs> um, I, I one of the biggest one of my biggest fears prior to doing this hike, and and let me just give people a little perspective. I have never done any extensive winter back. I've never done any winter backpacking ever before I started this hike, and I didn't even make the decision to do this hike until thirteen days before I started. And it wasn't even it wasn't even a blip on my radar. I had, I had no intention of doing it. I was just sitting in Pennsylvania, you know, right the week before Thanksgiving, like at my folks visiting, and I was like, "What am I going to do this winter?" Mm. And then I was talking to a buddy, and I was like, "What if I winter through hike the Appalachian Trail?" And he's like, "Dude, you're nuts!" And I was like, "Dude, seriously though, what if I did?" And within a couple, you know, within like minutes or something like that, I I just. And it, the wheels started turning and I knew I was going to do it. But so anyways, so one of my biggest fears prior to doing, to prior to even deciding to do the, the AT in the winter was be, I'm a sweater. I just sweat <laughs> no matter what I sweat. And it's always right. winter hiking has been a fear of mine. You know, I, mm. I look at people like Eric Larson and other, you know, you know, the guy pepper and trauma who mm-hmm. threw like the PCT. And I just, I wonder like, were they bad? Would they, do they battle the same kinds of problems that I thought I would have to battle in order to do any kind of extensive winter backpacking? Do they do they constantly overheat and sweat? Do they have just do they just suck it up and deal with it, or are, do they not sweat? Like I don't know. Am I a freak of nature? I have no idea. So so that was my fear. And then when I decided to hike the AT, I just was like, you know what? I'm just gonna suck it up. I'm gonna figure it out. Like there's where there's a will, there's a way. You know, and and some people might look at that and be like, well, where there's a will, there might him, there might be a way, but that way might lead to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, I, so I just managed to. That's why I don't. That's why I don't stop during the day. That's why I keep hiking because if I'm constantly in motion, generating body heat, whether I'm sweaty or I mean I'm soaked in sweat by the end of the day. Yeah. But there's no stopping and taking layers off. You know, there really isn't. Yeah. Not when you're getting 30 plus mile per hour winds and snow or rain or whatever the case may be. It's just, it doesn't seem feasible to me. Yeah. Well, it'll get easier as you go further south. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Looking forward to wearing shorts at some point, maybe. And you also, you missed this, most of the big snowstorm. I couldn't be more happy about it. Yeah. (laughs) Holy moly. When I saw that it, what was coming up, I, first of all, I, I would still have, I would have probably waited the storm out in town somewhere. Uh-huh. And then as soon as it was gone, I would have just thrown the snowshoes on and just kept going, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously that makes it that much slower. And 
you know, and the fact that it didn't hit is just remark. I just feel like I've been getting lucky. This has been a really mild winter by right. most by most standards up here. Last year in Maine, they had like four feet of snow on the ground when I started the trail. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So just to give you a little bit of perspective on, even though it's been a mild winter, on how slow it's taken me or how long it's taken me to mm-hmm. get down to Rutland, I think I'm at mile like 488 right now. And when I hiked the when I hiked the PCT this past year, it took me 16 hiking days to hike 517 miles on that trail, to hike the first uh-huh. 517 miles. Right. And it's take this Friday when I get to Manchester, Vermont, it will be 530-ish miles in exactly eight weeks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Man, that's like a three, quarter four, as yeah, slow. Yeah, four times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's and I and don't get me wrong, I'm not like I'm not trying to set any speed records out here, but mm-hmm. but I uh, and I've taken my days off here and there. Yeah. Um, of course. So I guess we should uh, clarify because everybody has different definitions of what they think of a through hike is. In t- in my opinion, um, uh, a through hike is <laughs> whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they're re- it's so cliche, and I and I loathe saying it sometimes, but really it is hike your own hike. Um, so if 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 that means that you missed a mile or two here and there, like I, who am I to judge that? But, but for me, you know, my, my, what I would consider a through hike to be is just keeping your footsteps connected. What do you Does mean? that make sense? No. What do you mean by that? So if you get off the trail to go into town, you go back on the trail at that same point mm-hmm. and keep going. Or like say, for example, on the continental divide trail, there is an official route that almost nobody actually hikes that entire official route. There's mm. all kinds of alternates all over the place. And just as long as your footsteps stay connected in a line, you know, that you start off where you left off each time you go in and out of town or whatever, that, that to me, a, conti- a continuous, yes. you know, mm-hmm. footsteps. That's kind of where my mentality is in terms of a through hike. Absolutely. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, we we get a gear recommendation from everybody that comes on the show. If I remember to ask for it, sure. You've been using a plethora of gear. Um, how, how about one in particular that you're just incredibly passionate about, or maybe one that helps the most with your sweating problem? Sure. I'll. I'll uh, so I'm not actually using. Uh, winter hiking boots or anything, you know, no insulation. They're they're just a pair of leather, full grain leather boots uh, that I apply um, every every couple of times or so. Uh, or so I apply a what's called snow seal um, that 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 keeps the the leather conditioned and waterproof. But um, so with the amount of sweating that I do, it if I were to just wear, you know a pair of socks in those boots, I would sweat profusely through those socks. And then the inside Gore-Tex layer of those boots would just wet out. Mm, And when you're dealing with sub-zero temperatures, and I even had this happen, I wear wear a thin liner sock and then I wear a neoprene sock over that. And then I wear a wool sock over that. Wow. So the neoprene sock acts as what uh, is referred to as a VBL, a vapor barrier layer. Mm-hmm. And the vapor barrier layer keeps my sweat trapped on the inside of that inner liner sock so that my sweat doesn't get to that wool sock and it doesn't get to the 
um, the Gore-Tex so that the boots don't freeze on my foot or don't fr- like, so overnight when my boots are off my foot, um, the moisture that would be trapped in there, um, that the neoprene sock right. defends against the boots don't freeze overnight and they don't, they're not like ice blocks on my feet. I have never once on this hike had n- numb, you know, sustained periods of numb toes that I would was concerned with frostbite or anything uh-huh. like that. So those neoprene socks have really, really helped to uh, um, keep yeah. my toes attached to my body. Two questions. Sure. Are your feet pruned? Totally. Okay. Completely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just sitting in the sweat. Uh-huh, yep. Okay. And, and <laughs> how much bigger is the size of your boot compared to the actual size of your foot? It's a full-size larger. Full-size, okay. Yeah. Very yep. great. What's the brand of these neoprene socks? Uh, being that I oh, that's awesome that you don't know. I love that. That makes it no. That makes it that much more authentic. I'm serious. <laughs> no, so I actually didn't even buy. I bought them on Amazon Prime and had them two days shipped. Literally two days before <laughs> I started the hike, I had been talking to Trauma um, prior to about like you know gear and this that and the other. Mm-hmm. We only met briefly, but at outdoor retailer over the summer, and he, he and another hiker named Swami, who runs the blog The Hiking Life, they they the two of them combined were really instrumental in helping me throw together my gear list, like you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. super fast. Uh, and they gave me a lot of great tips for winter hiking because I had no clue what I was getting myself into when I, without their help. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Neoprene socks. On yeah, man. The real hiking Vikings. Finally, we have one more question. It's uh, who would you like to hear next on the show? Um, hmm. Um, I, uh, gosh, I mean, I actually been listening to your podcast while hiking. Oh, um, excellent. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Well, so I, did, I, uh, I, was- I didn't know. I didn't know, but I don't listen to podcasts. I I, I just kind of, if I have service, I like listen to Pandora, uh-huh. you know. But other than that, like I just nothing. I just listen to nothing. I just walk and yeah. my my thoughts go aimlessly, and that's where I get my best thinking done. But I've been listening to your podcast, and and um, I listen to various ones, but I, I don't know if you actually ever did have jimmy chin on did you no i have not yeah. so i know that i know that renan and conrad yeah. were were like hey you know you got to get jimmy on but just a little little background uh on on their meru expedition and the three of them i this is actually hilarious um i the week before i was gonna start this hike uh my hometown of lewisburg was has this really awesome old art deco uh vintage theater um, and they were showing Meru and I hadn't seen it and I went up and watched it and it was like yeah. mind blowing. You know, what they did was absolutely mind blowing and incredible. And I, I was wa- watching it unfold with the perspective of, I was just about to go on this crazy, what some people were saying I was nuts to do and go on this winter through hike and I'm like getting really, really inspired and really, really energetic about and excited. And I walk home to my, my parents' house and I walk in the door and I'm like, my mom and dad are sitting there in the living room. And I'm like, I just spill the whole story of May Rue to them and tell them how like, you know, inspired, inspiring it was. And my dad, unbeknownst to me, 
had been researching like winter in the whites while I was watching this movie uptown. And as soon, no sooner did I finish my little spiel. He's like, yeah, about that. Um, I don't think this like such a good idea. <laughs> and he's like, you know, 70 people or whatever the number is, 70 people have died on Mount Washington. And I was like, dad, what? I was like, no, I was like, man, what are you talking about? Like, this is happening, you know? And it was just funny because the, the, that, you know, the three of them, it just was interesting timing, all of it. And yeah. I, I would I, I would love to, to hear, you know, Jimmy's perspective on uh, on, on your show. That'd be that would be great. Yeah. Well, it sounds <laughs> uh, like your family keeps you honest. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. a big family. I'm an uncle to nine. I got two sisters and a brother and um, we're all pretty close. I'm the I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. You know, mm-hmm. thankfully, I don't have to produce any offspring for my parents to. No you pressure know. there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, man. For the listeners, keep an ear out for Jimmy Chin on a future episode of Mountain Meister. We'll get him one day. Uh, you can follow Tom at the Real Hiking Viking on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. But I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And I actually just learned the other day. Um, there's a there's actually an article coming out uh, maybe in a week or so in Outside Magazine online, and the writer did some background research on whether or not anyone has actually, you know, done a you know a full southbound winter through hike. Really? Well, th- so Trauma did it back in like I think don't quote me on the year, but I think 2005 he started in early November. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ATC, the Appalachian mm-hmm. Trail Conservancy has no, nothing on record for anyone starting in December from from Maine and going all the way, making it the whole way. Wow. Yeah. Well, potentially a record breaker. I mean, I don't, like, it's just, it was interesting to hear that. I was like, wow, that's cool. I mean, maybe somebody else has done it, but the ATC doesn't have any record of it, and that's that was just kind of eye-opening. I was like, wow, that's cool, you know? I'm not, like, harping on it, or that wasn't the intent when I started. I'm just out here trying to challenge myself, but it was... You know, that was cool to cool here. You know. It's a nice surprise. I <laughs> yeah, feel like, right? totally, man. Well, thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, Ben. You have a good one, all right, man? You can follow along at The Real Hiking Viking on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can see pictures of the enormous Snickers bar, the enormous hamburger, and, of course, the enormous beard. Thanks, Tom, for joining. Tom was a guest request from Meister fan Jason. If you have anyone that you want to hear on the show, shoot me an email, ben at mtnmeister.com. To hear whether or not Tom has any plans to take off his beard, subscribe to our Play Director package. That's at mtnmeister.com slash support. As usual, enjoy doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. I'm your host, Ben Shank. Thanks for listening to Mountain Meister.